So at Harvard University, which is considered by many people to be the premier university in America and certainly one of the oldest, as soon as Hamas terrorists murdered hundreds of Israelis, it took very little time for groups on campus there at Harvard to band together and issue a statement blaming Israel for what happened and say, essentially saying that they everything that happens to them uh, is they deserve, and they brought it upon themselves. And this was signed by uh, about 30-some-odd groups, some of which are dedicated to the whole idea of pro-Palestinian and others that are just tangentially connected to it. We, the undersigned student organizations, hold the Israeli regime entirely responsible for all unfolding violence and called upon Harvard to, quote, take action to stop the ongoing annihilation of Palestinians. Fascinating that they call for the, uh, the ongoing annihilation of Palestinians on the day when it was just Israelis who were all murdered. Then Harvard itself came out with a rather tepid response to what went on there. And then basically said, we don't support terrorism, even if 30 groups say something. But it wasn't exactly a real repudiation of what went on. No student group, not even 30 student groups, speaks for Harvard University or its leadership, it said. Alan Dershowitz is one of the more famous Harvard graduates to ever come out of that school and teaches at the law school there for the last 50 years, I believe. He's the author of umpteen books, but the latest is Get Trump. He's also got a podcast called The Dirt Show, and he's on the Mitch Album program to talk about this. Thanks for coming on, Alan. Well, thanks. Can you imagine a situation where a student at Harvard were accused of raping a woman, and, and the evidence was overwhelming that the woman was raped, and a group of Harvard students said, well, it was the fault of the woman. Um, it was entirely the fault of the woman. That's what these uh, idiot savant students uh, uh, are saying, basically, they're blaming the murders, the beheadings, the uh, mutilations, uh, essentially lynchings. These are lynchings. Uh, 1,200 Israelis were lynched in one day. Uh, that's more than blacks were lynched during the Jim Crow period in any 10-year period. These were lynchings. And yet you have an African-American student uh, who was the head of the Bar Association student bar at NYU, blaming it all on uh, Israel. You get Amnesty International blaming it on Israel. Amnesty International withdrew, finally, after a lot of pressure. You know, like the Israeli army now on the offensive, uh, we at Harvard, who really contributed to making Harvard what it is, Larry Summers and I and others are fighting back, and we're succeeding uh, our newest uh, uh, tactic is to demand that Harvard disclose the names of every single student who signed these immoral petitions uh, so that law firms and corporations can know who they're hiring. Oh, can you imagine a law firm hiring this woman from NYU uh, who said it was all the fault of Israel to deal with uh, Jewish clients? Uh, uh, hmm. So I'm in favor of the First Amendment of freedom of speech, but freedom of speech requires 
transparency, and transparency requires that the names of all these students be let me ask you. So let that, me ask you this, Alan, yeah. as someone who's been yeah. around uh, college students, graduate students for so many years yeah. as a teacher, why is the Palestinian cause, or I oh. should say a perversion of the Palestinian cause, because they're very ill-informed, many of these kids and many of these groups, why is mm-hmm. it so attractive to so many oh, college this kids. Nothing. This has nothing to do with Palestine. Uh, these students don't know anything about Palestine. They don't care about Palestine. If they cared about Palestine, they would oppose Hamas, which kills uh, Palestinians. This is only about anti-Israel, anti-American, anti-Semitism. Uh, why are they not supportive of the Kurdish cause? Why are they not supportive of uh, other causes? They only are supportive of the Palestinian cause because the alleged oppressors of Palestine are, quote, privileged Jews or privileged Israel. So, so this is anti-Semitism. Oh, yeah. It has nothing to do with the Palestinians. The Palestinians were being oppressed by any other group, and they have been oppressed by other groups in different parts of the country. Nobody would care about them. Nobody cares about the Palestinians. They only care about the Jews. This is part of a 2,000-year history, the pogroms, this is the Crusades, the, the uh, Inquisition, um, the, the Holocaust. Uh, this is a continuation of anti-Israel uh, bigotry. And, um, uh, you know, it, imagine a club at Harvard being formed, the Ku Klux Klan Club, which advocated the lynching of blacks. Would, would the president of Harvard issue a, a mealy mouth statement of the kind she issued? No, she would be uh, very strong. And indeed, we have experience with that. One black man gets killed. He has drugs in his body. He's drunk. He's resisting the police. And he's unfortunately killed by the police. And he was killed by the police, George Floyd. There's no excuse for it. But one black man killed, and it causes a complete reckoning. Uh, Universities change their curriculum. They change their admission policies. They have 1,200 people lynched in one day. Are we going to see a reckoning? Are we going to see a change? Uh, I doubt it at all. I just got an email from a kid at UCLA. Uh, He said the debate society there uh, is starting to have a debate, should Israel respond? And they could not get a single student to advocate the position Israel should respond. Hundreds of students supported Israel should not respond. This says something about America, not about Israel. This says something about the university system in America. It's failing us. It's failing our future. Because these people who signed these outrageous statements 20 years from now, I'll be running for Congress. They'll be running for president. Yep. They'll be the editorial board of the New York Times. They'll be, hopefully not at Goldman Sachs, because Goldman Sachs will be smart enough not to hire them, but uh, they'll be leaders of our country. So this is a an abject failure in America to teach morality, the difference between right and wrong. Now, I, I saw Larry Summers' uh, comments, uh, very strong initially, yep. like yours, but he also said, yep. look, Take a breath because I bet a lot of these kids who signed this thing at Harvard probably didn't even know what they were signing, and, and, and you know, well, that, some of them are but, just naive and foolish. The same should but, not be uh, 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 said and cannot be said of the leaders of Harvard University who, well, who are Larry's older. Larry's a good friend of mine. Yeah, Larry's a good friend of mine. Together right. we've been at Harvard over, over 100 years. He's right, but why, why does Harvard but, but, itself not come out stronger Against this, as you it's point true, out, but, you, you know they they, they, but, they certainly came out strong on the George Floyd thing. If you if you miss if you use right. the wrong pronoun at Harvard, you can get yeah, thrown yeah, out and yeah. lose your job. Why why is yeah. the leadership there stronger about this? Because they're chicken. They don't want to take on students. And and Larry misses the point, the important point. 
Why is it that students, without thinking about it, would sign something like this? They wouldn't sign something like that without thinking about it, if it was anti-gay, if it was anti-black. But if it's anti-Jewish, it's okay. We'll think about it later. Mm. So Larry misses the point. Uh, The point is that these naive students who now retracted what they said, they're programmed to be anti-Israel, anti-Jewish, anti-Semitic Jews of privilege. And, And if you're privileged, we're against you. So it's the very fact that they're naive and they didn't think about it and they were willing to sign it. The very fact that Amnesty International at Harvard was prepared to sign it, they've now retracted it. Thank you for retracting it. But the mere fact that they're willing to sign it initially demonstrates how programmed these students are. They would never have signed something like this if it were on the other side. With and what effect does that have on the Jewish students? Because obviously we know there are many Jewish students at Harvard, many Jewish professors. Well, you're, you're one of them. But you don't—I I get the sense that on that campus and many other campuses across the country, the Jewish students who, who, who make up a significant portion of the, the student body academically are, are, make up a very small portion vocally because they're probably afraid— of speaking out or being vilified or being canceled or whatever, and they, Look, they end like, up keeping their thoughts to themselves. Like a lot of groups, uh, Jews are not uh, uniform. There are some Jews who support this. Some of the leaders of the anti-Israel, anti-Semitic campaign are Jews. Norman Finkelstein, Noam Chomsky. These are some of the leading um, uh, opponents of Israel who are Jewish. So there's that group. Then there's the other group that's strongly supportive of Israel, and they speak out. They're courageous. They speak out. And I support them. And, uh, and then there is the large middle that just doesn't want to lose friends. Uh, and they just keep quiet. Some of them are frightened, but some of them just don't want to get involved. They, you know, they, they regard, you know, going out at night and having a successful evening uh, more important than, um, than principle. Yeah. So there's a mixture. There's a mixture of of people, but the, the atmosphere is terrifying on, on campus. Well, Imagine what there doesn't the, seem to be a mixture of is, is different points of view. You yourself, I think I was watching something you were on yesterday where you said you're not yeah. allowed to come and speak I at your own speak. school. I can't speak at Harvard. But they can I invite, they can invite 10 people with opposing points of view to yours, and they'll get, they'll get first-class treatment. Let me tell you, I graduated Brooklyn College, first in my class, probably the most well-known graduate of Brooklyn College. I can't speak there about Israel. I went to Yale Law School, number one in my class. I can't speak there. I spoke at, I, teach at, I taught at Harvard Law School for 50 years. I can't speak there. But any anti-Israel speaker, no matter how stupid, no matter how uneducated, can speak at any of these institutions. But when I was invited by Chabad to speak at Harvard, probably half a dozen years ago, they had to move the speech off campus for fear for my safety. They had to move it to the Chabad house, and I was able to speak there to a handful or a few handfuls of students. But I cannot get invited today to make a speech at a major university in support of Israel. I used to be the most prominent speaker around the world for Israel, but today students don't want to hear the pro-Israel point of view. They just want to hear one point of view. Wow. They want to hear Norman Finkelstein say, it warms my heart to see these rapes occurring. Um, you know, wow. that's who students want to listen to now. Wow. What a sad mm-hmm. state of affairs. Alan yeah. Dershowitz is the host of the Dersh Show podcast. His latest book is called Get Trump. Always appreciate your coming on, Alan. Thank you for taking time. Always a pleasure to be on your wonderful show. Thanks. It's 760 WJR.